Hi everybody, this is Jeremy. My wife Candace and I are the pastors at the Ridge Assembly at Park Hill. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. We hope this message connects with you, that inspires you, reveals God's word of truth in your life. Be encouraged and enjoy the message. All right, guys. Well, last week we started a series called Treasures. And uh, we began to look at some of the treasures that we have access to as children of God and things that, that God has given us, that, that God expects us to receive and to walk in. Like, like, all the, like all the treasures of the world, there's a difference between owning it and possessing it, right? You can have access to something and not take it and not, n- not, not possess it. Right? And the same thing is true with the, with the treasures that God has given us. Right? But if we look and see what God has made preparation for us to have, then there's no reason not to reach out and to take it and to live in it. Right? Treasures, treasures. Also found out that, uh, so yesterday was Hug a Drummer Day. And September 19th was National Talk Like a Pirate Day. And I didn't know about that. It's also uh, September 19th is also Yom Kippur. So we were kind of celebrating that instead. I don't know why we missed the pirate thing, but we did. And so, but but I, my family is super thankful that I did because, like, I'm king of dad jokes. And pirate dad jokes are unending, right? I mean, like, like there's, there's enough material there for Laffy Taffy to run a whole year's worth. Right? I mean, it's just it's crazy stuff, right? Pirates. You know, why is pirating so addicting? Because once you lose your first hand, you get hooked. <laughs> right? It's just you know, pirate's favorite exercise is the plank. Right? It's just uh, how do you make a pirate mad? You remove the P. Pirate irate. Yeah, it's just, it, it just it just keeps on going. <laughs> it's just, but well, when I saw that, and I thought, man, this this fits in with this treasure thing, right? Because because just like I mean, every good pirate story, the the whole thing they're after treasure. And they're pursuing it, and they're seeking it, and they're fighting for it when they have it. And that's very similar to what we have to do with the treasures that we have access to as children of God. God has given us a road map to be able to get these treasures, right? He's given us His Word. He's given us instructions. He's given us incredible leaders to follow. He's given us the power of the Holy Spirit to teach us which way to go. And it's all about walking in His blessings and receiving these treasures, but just like the pirates, right, with the parrots and the eye patch, we've got to figure out how, how to seek the treasures that God has given us, making that a priority in life. Not just having access to it, but having possession of it and walking in it. Our text for the series is Matthew 6, 19 through 21. It says, this is Jesus talking. He says, do not lay up for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourself treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. When we talk about laying up treasures in heaven, the way we build treasures in heaven is building the kingdom. Anything that builds the kingdom is putting treasures away in heaven, right? It, when we give, when we witness, when we sing, when we worship, when, when we give a cup of cold water in Jesus' name, right? That's building treasures in the kingdom. 
but there are also heavenly treasures that are available to us, right? This is, this is part of what Jesus talked about when he said, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to us. These things are, are things that we need here on earth, but are, but are, but are necessary luxuries that we get to walk in. Because just like we need food, clothing, and shelter, we also need peace of mind, right? We also need, we also need love. We also, we need, we need these things to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said that the thief comes to steal, to kill, and destroy, but he came to give life and life to the full. And that's that full life that's the treasure that he has allowed us to have. So last week we talked about freedom, and that is a treasure, we're able to walk in freedom, right? Nothing is going to be able to hold down the children of God. We're talking about addictions cannot hold the children of God, right? The, the, the powers of the enemy cannot keep the children of God, the church of God, captive anymore. Freedom is a treasure. We seek it, we sacrifice for it, and when we have it, we guard it, and we go forward in the power of the Holy Spirit. This week, ladies and gentlemen, there's another treasure then this one, this one's rare. This one's something that we've really got to seek after. This is something that's going to change our lives, our families, and the kingdom around us. It's integrity. Integrity. Integrity is moral uprightness. It's principled through and through. It comes from the same root word as integer, meaning whole, right? So Candace and I are taking an eighth grade math class, along with Jacob, and, uh, and we've learned this year about integers, right? And, and the countable integers, right? They're whole numbers, one, two, three, it's whole, right? And I'll tell you this, as children of God, as leaders in the kingdom, we have to be whole. Our whole hearts given our whole lives to the whole gospel. Right? We can't just peace out anymore. There's no such thing in these days as camouflaged Christians, and there's no such things in these days as a Sunday-only Christian. Those things will not survive. That, that kind of relationship with God will not survive. Integrity in these last days is a must. We must have it to survive spiritually. The Bible says that in the last days lawlessness will abound, and because lawlessness abounds, the love of many will grow cold. The Bible warns that in the last days that a deception will be given, a strong delusion, so much that even the elect will be deceived if that was possible. Ladies and gentlemen, we must walk in integrity. The whole person, your whole mind, your whole heart, the, the whole gospel with the power of the Holy Spirit. We must love the Word of God and let it guide our lives, our whole lives. And I'll tell you this also, that integrity is not only imperative for us Christians to continue our Christian walk in these last days, but integrity is the key ingredient for us to be able to preach the gospel and to win converts. To be, to, be some, to be an agent of God on the earth that actually affects people's eternity. 
Right? It's not just about looking the part anymore. It's not just about having, having a good speech on a Sunday morning or a Wednesday night. Right? It's about the whole person, your whole life. See, here's the thing. The world has seen too many big-name preachers, big-name evangelists, large churches, the people that, feel, that, that want to show that they've got their whole lives together. The world has seen too much of facades only to see lives crumble behind. There's been too many, too many people that look, they're trying to look like they're walking in perfection, but they're not walking in honesty and integrity. And I'll tell you this, guys, every time there's a big-name preacher, or, or, or I say preacher, but, but any, any big-name Christian, whether it's in politics or in the church or whatever, every time there's a big-name preacher that falls, that fails, brings reproach on the body of Christ. And what it says to the world is that, you know what? Maybe there really isn't enough power to set them free. If they've dealt with this their whole lives and, and then they talk about the power of God to set them free and, and they're still walking in bondage, then maybe that, maybe that power doesn't really exist. And that's a lie. That's a lie from the pit of the enemy. That's, that's a lie that the enemy will tell people to keep them bound. We talked about freedom last week, and the lie of the enemy is that you cannot escape. And every time we see a, a mainline Christian who wasn't walking in integrity fall and fail, the question arises in everyone else's mind, maybe God isn't strong enough to deliver me because it wasn't strong enough to deliver them. And that's reproach on the body of Christ. It says that the benefits of the fruit of the Holy Spirit are not worth the sacrifice of sanctification. And that's the wrong message. There's nothing greater in this world. It's the abundant life. That full life is walking in the power of the Holy Ghost, is walking in the fruits of the Holy Spirit, walking hand in hand as friends of God. That is the best but when people fail to walk in integrity and they fail, then it makes everyone question, is it really worth it? Ladies and gentlemen, if we, the church, are going to win converts, <laughs> this is a matter of eternity. If we are going to affect eternities, then we must walk in integrity. And that means that we can't fail. It doesn't mean that we can't mess up. We'll cover that in a little bit, right? There's a difference between missing the mark kind of sin and walking the wrong direction kind of sin, right? I'm saying that, that, that all of us have to be walking in the right direction. All of us, our whole lives and our whole heart has to be pursuing the kingdom of God. So let's pray. Let's pray for our leaders. I, I pray for people that don't know me just about every day. I pray, I pray for, I pray for the, the, the pastors that I listen to on podcasts and things because you know what? I understand that the world is watching them. So pray for people that, that, that the world is watching, that they'll be people of integrity through and through. And then please, 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 and the point of this sermon today is become one of those. Become one. Become a leader in the kingdom. Affect people, influence people, but do so with integrity through and through the whole person.
couple of things this morning, and we'll, we'll stay with the same themes that we laid out last week, right? That treasures are worth seeking, and that treasures are worth sacrificing for, and that treasures are worth securing or guarding fervently. You've got to seek treasure, and you've got to seek integrity. Here's the thing, guys. Uh, integrity doesn't just happen, right? And let's go back to my, ma- my uh, eighth grade math class, right, with integers. Right? Did you know there is an uncountably infinite number of numbers between zero and two? An uncountably infinite number. You cannot count all of the numbers between zero and two. It just keeps on going. But there's only one integer, <laughs> right? Between zero and two, there is the number one. And that's it. That's the only integer, but there is an infinitely, an uncountably infinite number of 0.0000000001 and 0000000011. And it just keeps on going. There's an infinite ways to be partial, but there's only one way to be whole. And that is the same way that it is with us. There's an infinite number of ways that we can slice our lives to not be whole. To take this little piece of the gospel and that little piece of Christianity because it makes me feel good. And I like shaking my leg to the music and and clapping off beat because that's me, right? And it's easy to take that part and then walk out of here and be something different on the inside. When we're talking about the whole person, it's way easier to not have integrity than to have integrity. It's easier to tell lies than the truth. You've heard people say, well, it's easier to tell truth than the lies because then you don't have to remember what you've said. I kind of think that's a lie. <laughs> it's easier to tell, to, to tell a partial truth or a, a lie in the moment because a lot of times it's going to get you out of some, some consequences of your choices. Right? Hey, who ate the last of the cookies? I don't know. You still got Oreos in your teeth, right? I mean, it's, it's, it's easier to tell a lie to get away from consequences than it is to tell the truth and accept the, the ramifications of our actions. It's easier to not walk in integrity, so you've got to seek it. It's a choice that we make. You guys know Daniel, right? Like Daniel in the lion's den, right? Daniel, he's got a whole book in the Old Testament. Daniel, uh, the guy that, so he, he wrote some prophecies that were so powerful for the end of days that Jesus quotes him in Matthew 24 and says, hey, you know, his disciples ask him, what are the signs? And he said, well, haven't you read Daniel? So, so this, is, this is a godly man. But when he was young, Right? He, he was born in, in, in Israel and in Judah and in, in God's promised land, but he was carried away to Babylon as a teenager. As a teenager, he was carried away into the court of Nebuchadnezzar, right? the king of Babylon. And now Daniel, he had it together. Right? He was a good-looking guy. Right? He is, is probably one of those guys that you love to hate. <laughs> good-looking guy, super smart, had the coolest, fastest chariot. I mean, he just had it all together, you know, great at whatever sports they played back then. Right? It, it was just, and so he was chosen to be brought into the court of Nebuchadnezzar and, and be trained in the ways of Babylon. But the people of Babylon did not serve God. 
And so part of this training exposed him to delicacies of the Babylonian kingdom that were contrary to, to the principles of God, the things that they ate, the things that they drank. And early on, he's a teenager. He's a young teenager. And he has a choice to make. He says, I have been brought into this kingdom and I can enjoy all of this stuff. Or I can stay true to my identity, to who that I know that I am. I may be in Babylon, but I'm not from Babylon. Right? I'm a child of God. I, I, I'm a Jew. I, I am, I'm in this kingdom. And I may be here, but I'm going to refuse to let my heart be here. So he had a choice to make, and he made it at the very beginning of Daniel. Daniel 1, 8. Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's delicacies, with the wine which he drank, and therefore he requested the chief of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. He purposed in his heart. Right? Another translation says he resolved in his heart. Ladies and gentlemen, if you want to seek integrity, if, if, you want, if, if you want to be a whole person, it starts with that. It's a resolve. It's not, hey, I'm in Babylon, so when in Rome, do as the Romans, right? It's I have reserved, I have resolved in my heart that I have decided that no matter what I am faced with, I'm going to remain true to my God. No matter how good this looks in front of me, it's, it's, it's a decision. Integrity is a decision. It doesn't just happen. There's a million ways to go wrong. There's one way to go right. You make the decision. Integrity is a long-haul pursuit. Remember, Daniel was a teenager when he goes to Babylon. He was 70 years old when he got thrown into the lion's den. He was about 80 years old when he wrote the prophecies that Jesus talked about. For all of those decades... For all of those decades, he's living out what he had purposed at the beginning of the book. He says, I have purposed in my heart not to defile myself. And for all of those decades, he lived it out. It's a long haul thing. Integrity is not an event. It's a series of events and associated decisions that shape an identity of a person. It's a marathon, not a sprint. You know, I, I know some sprinters and I know some marathon runners. By the way, I think those people are crazy. So, anyway. I can sprint. I can do that, right? Because sprinting is just physical, right? I may not be super fast at it anymore, but I can do that. Marathon is a whole different thing. It's physical, sure. But the main thing is it's mental. You're running 26.2 miles, right? And by the end of the first mile, I'd be like, okay, well, I'm feeling kind of tired. But then the mental weight of knowing that you've still got 25 more miles to go, that messes with you. And it's easy to quit. Integrity is a long-haul pursuit, right? It's, it's something that you decide on, but then every step you take, every, every week that goes by, every new opportunity that you've got, you've got to remake that decision and keep on going. Integrity. It's a choice. It's a long haul. It's rooted in humility. Humility is, we've got to control our flesh through humility if we're going to walk in integrity. Those things go hand in hand, right? Humility is a mindset. Now, here's the thing about humility. It's not about thinking of yourself 
Uh, it's not thinking less of yourself. It's about thinking of yourself less. Right? There's, it's hugely different, right? When we say talking about, about humility, it, it doesn't mean that you've got to, to downplay how awesome you are, right? If you, maybe you really are the best at, at something, right? Maybe God has given you gifts and talents and they're going to be used to build the kingdom. There's no reason to downplay those. It's not, about, it's not thinking of yourself less like, oh, well, I'm not, you know. You're awesome, really. You're created on purpose for a purpose, and God has given you gifts and talents that only you can use to reach thousands of people. And I, I can see that, and I know that. So, so humility is not about downplaying what God has given you. It's just understanding that God has given it to you, and you need to steward it. Right? It's not about hiding your blessings. It's just, it's just remembering that they're there, and they're for a season, and, and, and they're for a purpose. And when we get humility in our minds... And we continue to walk uh, day after day after day. We can figure out that, you know what? Humility and integrity, I made the decision and I'm going to go forward. Right? If you want integrity, you've got to look beyond the present and beyond the personal. And that's where the humility thing comes in. And you're able to shift your, your focus. You've got to seek. So here's the thing, guys. We seek humility just like we seek anything else. Because the nature of humanity is prideful. And as soon as pride comes up in, in, our, in our hearts, then there's suddenly, there's automatically a duality. Right? There, there is, there's the, pat, the part of me that seeks God. And then there's the part of me, because of my pride, that, that seeks my flesh and my own exaltation. Automatically, when we allow pride in, there's this duality. And that can't happen if we're walking in integrity because integrity is wholeness. So we've got to figure out how to remember that, yeah, we're awesome. God has created us on purpose for a purpose. And maybe, maybe you are an amazing singer like Pastor Courtney. Or, or maybe, maybe you are really good at, 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 at a sport, right? Or maybe you're awesome at drums. Or maybe you're the most congenial person, right? Maybe, maybe you And that is awesome. Pat yourself on the back. But it's not for you. And it's not from you. So we make this shift in our minds, and we're able to walk in humility. When we're able to walk in humility, we're able to walk in integrity. But we seek it. It's not something that happens automatically. Secondly, you sacrifice for your treasure, and you sacrifice for integrity. Again, guys, it's, it's a lot easier to take a path of least resistance. It's a lot easier to go along with the crowd. It's a lot easier to say things or do things that benefit you for a moment Especially, especially when we're playing the blame, blame game, right? right? When, when, we're, when we're covering our failures. The sacrifice that we make for integrity is being able to own our mistakes and accept the consequences of those mistakes. That, that, that's the sacrifice that we make when we messed up. So here's the thing, guys. Integrity doesn't mean that you're perfect. Right? All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That, that was, that's true before you're saved. And you know what? There's still parts of walking in this flesh that it always just seems to be true every day, right? There, the, but there's such a thing as failing with class. There's a difference b between messing up and saying, you know what? That's not who I am. 
that's what I did. I'm sorry, and let's go on. The truth is that, that, that there's such thing as failing with class, and some of the greatest lessons I've learned, we had this conversation the other day, with, with some, some of the greatest lessons that I've learned personally, I've learned on the, the heels of something that I messed up. So sometimes spiritually, you know, spiritual mess up, sometimes just in the natural. But, but when I mess up, and this is true for everybody, but I'm going to use myself as an example. When I mess up, suddenly I understand that maybe I don't have everything all together. And now I'm willing to accept instruction. Now, now I'm willing to listen to what someone's teaching me. Right? Maybe it's a boss or maybe it's God. <laughs> You say, hey, you know what? You messed this up because you're trying to do it your own way. So, so here, let me come alongside you. Let me teach you. And sometimes after we fail, we're the most teachable, and that's failing with class. Integrity doesn't mean that you're perfect. Integrity just means that you're whole. And with your whole heart, you're trying. And if you try with your whole heart, even sometimes when you get off the, the path, even sometimes when you trip up a little bit, and there's room there for God to, to grow you and do something incredible. There's a difference between being sorry you got caught and being sorry that you did it, right? And when we're sorry, not because we got caught, but sorry because we, we did it and we messed up, then there's room for instruction there, right? So how, how do we grow integrity through our failures? We sacrifice some things. The first thing that you sacrifice is your own pride by accepting some consequences and admitting that you messed up. I did it. I forgot to send the email. I, I did that. I, I, I forgot, uh, I for, yesterday I forgot to set the alarm and we were late to a soccer game. <laughs> I did that. I own it. I forgot to put the plug in the boat and I launched it anyway. And I, I've done that. And, and you got to own it and then bail it. And it'll be okay. Right? But, but you own it when you mess up. right? I did it. I said something that I shouldn't have said. I let my emotions drive my mouth instead of my spirit man driving my mouth. I did it. You own it. I looked at something that I shouldn't have looked at. I'm going to figure out how to not do that anymore, but I am going to own it. There's Whatever example, whatever situation that you're in, ladies and gentlemen, you know what's coming against you. But, but whether it's a sin or whether it's just messing up and, and what you know that you need to do, if you figure out how to fail with class, you're going to grow integrity. So growing integrity sometimes involves saying, I was wrong. I admit it. And I'm sacrificing my pride and I'm accepting the consequences and I'm accepting the correction. And now I'm going to grow. You accept correction from leaders. You accept correction from the Lord. Man, this is tough. I tell you what, I hate it when God gets mad at me. I do. Proverbs 3, 11 and 12 says, My son, don't despise the chastening of the Lord, nor detest his correction. For whom the Lord loves, he corrects, just as a father the son in whom he delights. I hate it when I feel like I've disappointed God. And I really hate it when I feel like, like God is, is correcting me. Teaching me a lesson. I hate it. My flesh hates it. But the word of God says, don't despise those times. Because God is refining us through that. 
Right? How, how will we know what to do unless there's a correction process that's true in, in your home, it's true in schools, it's true everywhere else. If there's not a way that God can correct us, then how will we know what to do? And so, ladies and gentlemen, I'll tell you this, let's not despise the correction, let's accept correction, and then we're going to fail, and we're going to fail in the right direction. We're going to fall forward, we're going to fall together instead of falling apart, and we're going to do something incredible with this. And then we're going to fail with class because we're just going to still acknowledge consequences. Ladies and gentlemen, choices have consequences. And just because we say we're sorry doesn't mean that the consequences go away. But you know what? Sometimes you just got to own it. It's the whole person. You own it. You say, you know what? I, I did this and there, there are consequences to it. And I acknowledge those consequences and I accept them. But I also Except the word of God that says, even though I've failed and I've got to face this consequence, that God still has a plan. And this is the strange thing about, this blows my mind, right? That God is so, his ways, the Bible says, his ways are above our ways. And the truth is, sometimes I don't understand how it all works together. But I know this, that maybe it wasn't God's will for you to do that. It wasn't God's will for you to, to mess up. But it also didn't take him by surprise either. This is the difference between God's will and God's plan. And when, when, when we failed, when we've messed up, if we can figure out how to fail with integrity, then God is going to say, okay, you say that you're sorry with your whole heart. Now I'm going to take your whole heart, your whole person. And even if there are consequences that have to, that have to come about in the natural, I'm going to use that somehow. And I'm going to put it together for my glory. I still have a plan for your life. That's true for, for every person that I've ever met that, that has gone to prison and come out being able to reach people that I can't reach. Right? It's true for every gang member that's been delivered. They can reach people that I can't reach. It's true for every drug addict that, that has come out of that and is now walking in freedom. They can reach people that I can't reach. It wasn't God's will for them to be in that situation, but it's God's plan now to use them. Choices have consequences. But when we fail properly... God grows our integrity, and the whole person still has a plan to, to, to propagate the gospel and to bring glory to God. Last but not least, you've got to guard your integrity. You seek it, you sacrifice for it, and you guard it. And remember, guys, this is a long-haul thing, right? This isn't, this isn't a one-day, one-choice thing. This is an everyday when you're walking in integrity, when, when you're the, the person that people are looking to, you've got to keep on going. You've got to secure it. How do you secure integrity? Well, you avoid compromising situations. That's the easiest way. How do you guard your whole heart? By making sure that there's not any, there's not any cracks in your armor. Bible says don't give the devil a foothold, and that is 100% true, right? If you want to maintain your whole heart in, toward God, your whole person toward God, then make sure that there's not any little part of that that the enemy can come in and catch a foothold. So here's the thing, guys. Sure, as temptations are going to come your way, right? But a lot of those can be avoided by choices up front. If you just remember every day, pray the covenant, right? Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Every day, be in tune with the Holy Ghost to avoid compromising situations where the devil could possibly get any kind of foothold. And when you see that happening in your heart, when you see that rebellion has found a, a place where you feel that... We, 
that hatred or, or anger is just starting to, to come in and starting to control, then cut that away. Cut out the disease part so that the, the hole that's left is 100% in line with God. Flee the very appearance of evil. Flee the very appearance of evil. You want to hang on to your integrity? The Bible says to flee the very appearance of evil, and that's, that's the best advice that I can give. There's the, the leadership guru, John Maxwell. I don't know if you've read any of his stuff or not. He was, he, he's still big, but he was, he was huge back in the 90s doing you know, church leadership stuff. And Anyway, so I read a bunch of those books, and it was great. And honestly, it was really good stuff. But, but, but he talks about the leadership pyramid. And this is, this is so true for the kingdom of God. So you imagine a pyramid, and, and the horizontal axis here is, is, is um, your choices, how many choices you can make, right? And then the vertical axis of the pyramid is your level of leadership. And basically what he's saying is that the higher you go up in your leadership position, the fewer choices you have. And that's true for industry. I found that to be true at my, my secular job. But you know what? That is 100% true for the kingdom of God also. The higher you go up in spiritual leadership, the more people that are looking to you as a, as a pastoral figure, right? The, the, more, the more messages in tongues and interpretation that you give, the more that you're walking in the gifts, the higher you go in leadership, the fewer choices that you have. To the point where we've got to figure out how to flee even the very appearance of evil. Paul dealt with this. With the, the, issue, the issue of meat sacrificed to idols. You can go and read the context in 1 Corinthians. But, but the Cliff's notes is this, right? That, that the Corinthians, they were, they were getting saved, they were getting delivered. But, but they lived in Corinth, which was a huge hotbed of idol worship. And what would happen is, is they would sacrifice animals to these false gods, and then they would go and sell that meat in the market. And then, so some of these Christians, they were getting, they're getting saved, delivered. They started thinking, oh man, if I eat this meat, am I taking part in this sacrifice? And, and it was this huge deal, but it was a, it was a, it was a problem of conscience, not... Not anything else, right? It, it, there's nothing wrong with the meat, but but in their conscious mind, in their conscience, in their in their mind, they thought, "Well, am I taking part of this?" So so they, so they 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 dealt with this question, and, and Paul says Paul says this. He says in First Corinthians eight nine, he says, "But beware, lest somehow this liberty of yours become a stumbling block to those that are weak." He says, "You know what? If you want to eat the meat, go for it." If you're conscious, if you're okay with it, then it's okay. But, here's the big warning. This is a but. Beware lest somehow the liberty of yours become a stumbling block to those that are weak. It says, therefore, if food makes my brother stumble, I'll never eat meat again, lest I make my brother stumble somehow. So here's the thing, guys. It takes a lifetime to build integrity, and it's not worth trading that and the influence that comes with it to push the envelope of worldly pleasures. There are some things in our society that are not necessarily wrong, but if someone else is going to look at it and say, you know what, I don't think a Christian should be doing that or saying that, 
then the best thing that I can tell you is get rid of it. Leave it. If you have to guard your integrity by laying down some of the fleshly pleasures, then do that because, because your influence in the kingdom of God is way more important, way more important than pushing the envelope of fleshly pleasure. And by definition, it only lasts for a moment. Last but not least, how do you guard your treasure and to steal a line from Shakespeare and Hamlet, above all, to thine own self be true. How do you guard your integrity? Then, then be honest about what you're struggling with. Be honest when you find that, that your whole person is now only 99.98. <laughs> be honest with yourself. Because when you're honest with yourself, you can, you can pray about some specific things and, and you can get some specific uh, direction in your own heart. When you're honest with yourself, you can find an accountability partner. You can find someone that's going to come alongside you, lay hands on you, speak life in you. And incredible things can happen in your own heart. You, you can guard your integrity by finding someone to walk with you, whether it's another person or whether it's a group or whatever it is. Ladies and gentlemen, integrity is a treasure. I'm going to bring this in real quick. But i, I, I got to say it again. I believe that there is a revival that's at the door. I, I do. I believe that there's a revival at the door. I believe that time is very short here on the earth and that God is in a hurry. And Satan's in a hurry also. And that's why we get... This, that's why the, the line between the righteous and the wicked is so clear now. And it's get, the, the division is getting larger. I believe that. But I believe that, that if we are going to affect eternities, that we have to be a people of integrity. Because another thing that I believe about this coming revival is that it's not going to be man that's elevated. There's going to be leaders, there's going to be people that have, have more Instagram followers than others, but in the end, it's not about a person, it's not about a name. This isn't going to be like the days where, where a big name evangelist is the person that's leading the revival over the world. No, I believe that communities are going to have community leaders. And the, the gospel is going to spread grassroots wildfire. And so we've got to raise up a whole army of believers, of people that are, going to, that are going to be preachers and teachers and evangelists. We've got to raise up a whole army of these people that, that are just like you and I. And they're ready to walk in integrity. That must happen. That must happen. It's so very important. Thank you guys for treasuring integrity. Thank you for being ready to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit and lead in this coming revival. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast today. We invite you to be part of our online community by subscribing to this podcast. Also, follow us on social media at The Ridge Assembly PH on Facebook and Instagram. If you live in the central Arkansas area, we certainly invite you to be part of our live community. You can join us Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. at the Old Park Hill Elementary Building. That's at 3801 JFK Boulevard in North Little Rock. Thank you so much, and we'll see you next time.